0: To Many Windows Conversations on Ministry. I'm your podcast host, Julie Taylor, coming to you from Meadville Lombard Theological School in Chicago. I'm grateful to be able to speak with my colleague, Reverend John Coffey, on student loan repayment, where to start. John's the Assistant Director of Financial Aid and Student Services, as well as being a Meadville alum. This podcast is an overview on student loan repayment. So whether you're getting ready to graduate, or you graduated a while ago, but are still paying your student loans, this episode could have important information for you. It's the first of four podcasts on this topic. And this episode is going to be giving big picture pieces in student loan repayment while the following episodes will dive into details. Student loan repayment is a hot topic right now, and things are changing all the time. John and I recorded this episode on March 14th, 2022. Depending on when you listen to it, some of the details may have changed. As you're going to hear John say several times uh, during this conversation, go to www.studentaid.gov, studentaid.gov, that is the place to go to find the most up-to-date information. Right, right, I'm excited for this conversation here with John Coffey. All right, so John, let's hear about, uh, we're gonna talk about student loan repayment and particularly uh, how to start to think about that when you're either just getting ready to graduate or perhaps even you've, for some of this may apply to some of us that have been out for a while but are still in repayment of our student loans because things have changed. What should we be thinking about now?
1: Yeah, there's so there's a lot. And when someone is either just graduated or or like you say, maybe they've been out for for a little while. I mean, there's there's all sorts of concerns. There's you know, you might have multiple loans, either from the same school or from different schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, some people have have loans from undergrad and then they picked up more loans in graduate or in seminary. And then, you know, as a result of that, not only do they have multiple loans, but they have multiple loan servicers. So Mm -hmm. different companies own the different loans. Um, And the details of all of those loans are different, you know, some will have higher interest rates than others, you know, some will have uh, higher balance, some will be, you know, some may be Stafford loans that are unsubsidized and subsidized and all of that so it's like, you know, where do you start, and uh, the short answer to that is, is easy for our our current students who are getting ready to graduate because one of the things that we require of everybody is exit counseling, Mm -hmm. and exit counseling is a a very specific, um, you know, place on studentaid.gov that you go to and it asks you a bunch of questions and t- tells you about the repayment process and talks about, you know, all the different things that we'll probably talk about here in a few minutes, like income-driven repayment plans, loan mm-hmm. consolidation, public mm-hmm. service loan forgiveness, those kinds of things. Right. Um, and, and I should say, before we get too far into the weeds, I want to be very clear that we're talking about federal student loans here okay, and not private student loans. Um. And usually you can tell the difference because um, federal student loans are the ones that you dealt with directly through your school. Um, Now, if you've graduated, you know, you might be dealing with the loan servicer now, but if you, if you dealt directly with the school, those are probably going to be your federal student loans. If you went through a bank like Freddie, uh, Freddie May, or um, excuse me, uh, uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mm -hmm. Mac or whatever those are, um, whatever the name of the company might be, those are going to be your private student loans.
0: Okay. Okay. well, and so let's let's start so because this is a big topic and I wanna say here too, we're this is gonna be an overview conversation sure. and we are we are setting this up so that the subcategories that you're gonna going to talk about we're going to do some subsequent podcasts specific to be able to dive a little deeper into those uh once we record those we'll link to those in the show notes so that that folks can hopefully fairly easily navigate back and forth between them but right now this one is an overview on federal student loan repayment kind of where to start all
1: right yeah and and i like like we said beforehand like I, i appreciate that framing because i'm You know, this is what I this is what I do on a regular basis, like I eat, sleep and breathe student loans some weeks and I can go as deep in the weeds as people want to go. So I appreciate uh, keeping it at that kind of uh, bird's eye level.
0: Well, and I'm glad that you do this. Honestly, it's great that you do this because that's a great service, not only to our students, but I'm sure alum talk with you and other folks talk with you because this can be and not just can be it can be confusing. It is confusing for a lot of folks. So Mm -hmm. thank you for, for being that guide for us. All right. So help, help, help guide us through the beginning pieces of this.
1: Yeah. So uh, I would say in general for your federal student loans, um, you know, you want to get your information from three main places. Um, now you'll hear it in the news. You'll see it on the radio. Like there'll be some big story about this many people getting, you know, loan forgiveness or not getting loan forgiveness or this many people, you know, X, Y, or Z about their federal student loans. Um, Generally, news stories are not the best places to go for your information. So you wanna make sure that you're getting your information from three main places. The first is probably the primary one. Um, It is studentaid.gov. You can also get there by going to fafsa.gov. They have a bunch of other like redirects, but um, anything related to federal student aid um federal student loans will be directed to studentaid.gov so if you're looking at an article and they're telling you these are the details of your student loan repayment and it's not studentaid.gov or we'll get to this other one in a minute your loan servicer you want to be very careful about that information
0: okay good and we're gonna we're gonna have links to all of these uh websites in the show notes so just want to put a pin in that too go ahead
1: Absolutely. So studentaid.gov is your first one. Um, Your second one is going to be your loan servicer or servicers. Um, And the reason I mentioned studentaid.gov first is that it's going to point you to where to go for your second one. So your studentaid.gov will answer all of those questions that we talked about at the beginning of the show. You can go there, log into your account. It's the same login and information as you use for the FAFSA, um, if you're familiar with that process. Um, But it's your federal student aid ID. And on there right on the dashboard you'll find information on all of your federal loans so you'll find what the current balance is what the current interest rate is how much interest you owe on it um, when your repayment start date is and really importantly who your current loan servicer or servicers plural is
0: right because that's Um, one of the things about student loans and about seems like any loan mortgage whatever is these banks, these organizations, sell them off to other folks, so it, it can be very confusing to track that. So, so, uh, but studentaid.gov will have the current one, so that you'll always know where you're currently with.
1: Yes, and right. and
0: and that's a good point because even
1: even if you're in repayment and you've got everything set up with a current loan servicer, mm-hmm. again, going back to those news articles of everything, you'll. Pe- uh, companies are constantly moving in and out of the federal student loan market. Mm -hmm. So it's been announced that at some point in the future, Navient, for example, is going to move out of federal student loans. Similarly, um, fed loan servicing, which is another big name company is moving out of, of, uh, the federal student loan business. And so if you, if you're in touch with them, they should be giving you good information. They should be keeping you up to date with where your loan is going and where Mm -hmm. it's going to go to. But once it's sold, and you don't know who has it, you can go to studentaid.gov, and Great. that's going to tell you who your current servicer is.
0: Great. Okay. So let's talk about that. So the loan servicer is number two. Mm-hmm. And number three is
1: uh, uh, me or your school or Meadville Lombard um, or, or whatever school you took the loan out at. Great. You can okay. c- you can call the financial aid office. You can call me, and we'll make sure that my number and contact information is in the show notes as well. Um But if you were a student at meadville lombard it's easy i can look up your details i can point you in the right direction i can tell you right where to go to get the information you need so three places studentaid.gov your current loan servicer or the financial aid office at your school or schools those are going to be the three places to get the official information that is going to be reliable
0: great reliable direct, accurate. That's what we need to start as we're thinking about this. All right. Exactly. What, what are the next pieces on this? So the next, the next thing I
1: have is for folks who are getting ready to graduate or folks who have recently graduated, depending on when you're listening to this, um, is going to be, okay, when do I have to start making payments? Cause that's going to be like, you know, what is the time frame that I have to get all of this figured out? Oh, yeah. And really the good point to start is right before you get started, uh, I mean, excuse me, right before you graduate, it's going to be with that exit counseling that we require mm-hmm. of all of our students. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, once your graduation date um, is is applied and and you've successfully graduated and you're mm-hmm. getting ready to matri- uh, to um, uh, to go out into the world, uh, you're going to have, generally speaking, about a six month period to get things squared away. Okay. Now. Um, notice I didn't say grace period because grace period is mm-hmm. defined a little interestingly. Um, so if you have a, the two types of loans at Meadville are the uh, unsubsidized Stafford loan and the graduate plus loan. If you have the Stafford loan, it is a six month grace period, that, that gotcha. term applies. Um, a plus loan doesn't have a grace period, but the plus loans that you take out at Meadville Lombard do typically come with a six month, uh, I can't remember if it's a forbearance or a deferment period okay once you graduate. So it's not technically a grace period, gotcha. but you still have six months to get everything figured out
0: to figure that out. okay, good. all right. so before you before you graduate or as you're graduating and that and that clock starts at the date of graduation. maybe maybe the last class you took was in January. Uh, or, or you know, the semester maybe was fall semester, but you don't graduate until the spring. It's going to be your graduation date, or is it going to be the last date you took a class?
1: That is an excellent question. So, not only is it going to be the last date you took a class, but oh, it's going to okay. be the last date that you took a class as a half time student, okay. um, which
0: at, is at a at, minimum, at a minimum, at a minimum, okay. right? Okay.
1: At a minimum of half time. So. Um, And anybody who, who was in this category, I would have notified them and let them know about this, but whenever and and we don't need
0: to get super in the weeds on it. I just wanted (laughs) to be clear about the date. Yes. Could be not of your graduation. It could be the last date you took a class.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and if you're a student at Meadville, we would have been in touch with you if your status had changed. Otherwise it's going to be your graduation date.
0: Okay, good. Thank you.
1: Um, and, and for everybody who's graduating or, or, um, you know, uh, expecting to graduate, we, we require exit counseling before we even approve somebody for graduation because mm-hmm. it's a federal requirement. If you have student loans at Meadville, we're gonna require that exit counseling and that's gonna get you started in the right direction with the information you need. Good. So um, I think that's that's kind of the, the big picture of it, mm-hmm. like the big framing of it. Um, usually when folks start to talk repayment, I hear about uh, three main things. Mm-hmm. I hear about um income driven repayment plans i hear about federal loan consolidation and i hear about public service loan forgiveness and i don't know kind of where you want to start with that i typically start with the income driven repayment plans
0: yep let's go and let's all right hit, like, and we're gonna get overviews on these three and boy we are at some point here fairly soon we're gonna do individual podcasts on each one of these so we can really dive a little more deeply but this is great to have the beginnings to consider it yeah
1: Yes. And and that deep dive is going to be really important because there's there's caveats and nuance to every single one of these things that I'm talking about. So, again, don't get all your information from this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though you know I, I work in financial aid, um, it's still going to depend on your situation. So you're still going to want to go to those three main places. Right. right. Um, but income-driven repayment plans are a a good a good example of this because I'm going to talk about them very generally. Mm-hmm. But I think at last count, there's at least like four or five different types of them, mm-hmm. and they all have different details right. um, about what it means. But generally speaking, an income-driven repayment plan uh, is a, uh, plan that you work out with a, uh, with your loan servicer, uh, that will set your payment at an amount relative to your income. And generally speaking, uh, if you're on an income driven repayment plan, your payment amount under such a repayment plan is going to be a percentage of your discretionary income. Um, so, and the percentage is different depending on the plan, you know, and, and, And again, this is only for federal loans, so Mm -hmm. it's. um, But it's basically a way for somebody who, you know, there may be some lag time before you you graduate and you are in the job that you wanna that you're that you're going for, Mm -hmm. um, and you need longer than that six months. The income-driven repayment plan can give you kind of a buffer to set to set your payments tied to whatever level your income is. For example, when I graduated, I had quite a bit of debt, not just from Meadville, but from previous graduate program and an undergraduate program, Mm -hmm. I did an income uh, driven repayment plan just because I wasn't sure what my financial situation was going to be. Sure. And my monthly payment for quite a significant amount of debt, again, from three degrees um, was capped at like $60 a month. Okay. Now the, the, No, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say the one thing, again, before we go too deep down this rabbit hole and we'll do an individual on this, again, one of the reasons that you want to start this process early is because... From my own experience, too, it takes a while to get these things approved and you don't want to have the clock ticking and all of a sudden you get a $900 bill, even though you're waiting on, you know, you haven't gotten your paperwork in time. So getting this, getting, getting the, a jump on this, beginning to move on this is really important to do it early.
1: It, it really is, and and another big reason, especially like that, that's particularly timely right now, is that it's it's possible that when you graduate, your loan may be owned by one of these companies that in six months is pulling out mm. of the of mm-hmm. the of the federal loan market, and so you want to make sure that you're just staying on top of it, turning the paperwork in as soon as you know you can, um, because you know obviously with these companies withdrawing they're dealing with a lot of paperwork and right. they're dealing with a lot of backlog that they're supposed to have the capacity to handle, but sometimes they don't. Right. <laughs> and sometimes right. it takes a little a little while for things to kick in.
0: Right. Okay. Yep. Anything else we need to know about income-driven repayment just for the overview of it?
1: Uh, for an overview, uh, this is a, a common misconception about mm-hmm. income-driven repayment plans. Um, so, okay, two things. The first thing to know is that even though your payment may be capped at like $60 a month, as it was in my case, that probably will not be enough to even touch all of the interest that's Mm. accruing on your federal student loans. Right. And, and, and definitely not the principal. So when people talk about a ballooning payment or a Mm -hmm. payment that, you know, their, their amount of their loan gets so big that they don't know that they'll ever be able to pay it back. Mm -hmm. um, That is a risk with the income driven repayment plan Okay, um, is that, you know, it's, it's, you want to think of it more as like a, a short-term solution for okay. long-term strategy. So it's it's a short-term solution that will get you the 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 breathing space to be able to figure out what you're going to do next.
0: Great. Okay.
1: Um and that kind of leads to, you know, this idea of a ballooning payment kind of leads to another common misconception. So most income-driven repayment plans are set for a limited amount of time. You know, it uh, it might be 20, 25, 30 years. And the common misconception that people have is that after that 20, 25, 30 years, whatever the details of the plan are, mm-hmm. your student loans are just forgiven. Mm. And and that's true with a big asterisk, a big big asterisk, um, because the income-driven repayment plans come with what's known as a tax bomb. So you know, let's say that you you know you you graduated and you made $60 payments for 20 years on this income driven repayment plan and you get to that final year and you know you still owe $20,000, $10,000 on okay. your on your student loans. Okay. Yes, that balance does get wiped out. Mm-hmm. But whatever amount gets wiped out on an income driven repayment plan, you pay taxes on in the tax year that that was forgiven. Oh wow. So, yeah. So so if you make it to that 20 year mark
0: mm-hmm. and you have
1: twenty thousand dollars that are forgiven, mm-hmm. the IRS is going to expect you to pay taxes on twenty thousand dollars plus your adjusted gross income, whatever wow. you earned from regularly working. So okay. that's what that's. Yeah. And the if people want to know more, you can research what's called the tax bomb. OK. Um, and that's the that's the slang term out there for that related to income driven repayment plans
0: all right good all right so let's uh do you want to move into public loan forgiveness or federal loan consolidation next let's talk about um let's talk about public service loan forgiveness because i think it kind of ties in yeah um so because i think i think they get conflated i think think that income driven repayment and public service loan forgiveness gets forgiveness get conflated often yeah
1: right and part of the confusion is that in order to qualify for public service loan forgiveness, which I'll, I'll define in a minute, um, in order to qualify for public service loan forgiveness, you have to be on an income driven repayment plan. Right. So folks there are, so everybody who is applying for public service loan forgiveness is also on an income driven repayment plan so it gets it gets confusing. And both both have language of loan forgiveness. Right. Um, even though with the with just the income driven repayment plans you're going to face the tax bomb. Right. Counter to that with public service loan forgiveness, you're not going to face a tax bomb. Okay. So The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program is a program that um, basically, if you work for a qualifying employer, which is typically a um, government entity or a nonprofit 501c3, Mm -hmm. excuse me, um, and you make qualifying payments for 10 years, there's a Mm -hmm. specific number that I can't remember off the top of my head. 120, I believe. 120. Yeah. So that would be 12 times 10. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you make, if you make qualifying payments for 10 years, um, at the end of that 10 years, you, you do get your loans forgiven the full balance mm-hmm. and there's no tax bomb penalty. Okay. So this is a really attractive option for people with lots of federal student loan debt. Absolutely. Um, and the reason I'm bringing it up here is that until very recently, uh, religious workers and ministers were pretty much across the board, without exception, not allowed to qualify for public service loan forgiveness because there used to be a prohibition on it.
0: Well, if they were serving, if they were working within a a, a a specifically religious setting as opposed to, like, say, like working for a nonprofit, but they weren't working as a as a minister in that capacity. right? Right. Right. Right
1: um and and it was and and i but i think it scared a lot of people who would have otherwise qualified it scared Mm -hmm. them off from applying Mm. even if they may have otherwise qualified because you know they might be a minister who works for you know a local nonprofit, you know food pantry or something like that that would qualify right um but in july of july 1st of 2021 new rules went into effect um which meant that ministers and other religious workers could now qualify for public service loan forgiveness
0: wow and that's huge this is new and so this this and this will apply this new rule change is not just for folks graduating now that are starting but that is retroactive right for people who have been through this process a while ago correct
1: yes that's right and um that's also important to know particularly now and particularly this year is that um the there were new rules that went into place uh, that are that are temporary, um, and I can't remember the exact date that they res- they expire, but there's a public service loan forgiveness waiver right now, mm. which basically lets you um, reapply for past qualifying payments that you may have made either either that you tried to get approved and were denied, or that you, didn't apply for because you thought you didn't qualify right under the public service loan forgiveness waiver you can um you can you can now petition to have those those retroactively counted towards
0: right great and so we'll put we'll link to that in the we'll link get all those details and link to that in the show notes
1: right exactly okay. exactly and uh the expiration date i just looked it up um and i don't have it in front of me so uh, all right. oh, we'll put it in the show me. notes October October thirty first, twenty twenty two. So until October thirty first of this year, um, you have time to apply for those retroactive uh, qualifying payments to be Great. reconsidered.
0: Great. All right. This is another program though that you've got to put paperwork into. You've got to apply through that. Do you where do you apply to that? Yeah. Where do you where do you apply for the public service loan forgiveness piece? Is that through your servicer or is that through studentaid.gov
1: so it's 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 in limbo right now. Huh. Um, there's two places that you can do it. I know it's it's, it's great right now. Um, so the short answer is there's a form that you fill out, you get your employer to sign it and then okay. you turn it in either to your loan servicer or studentaid.gov and gotcha. both of those places should allow you to to download the form and get it filled out by your employer great
0: so real quick before we go into anything else i just want to for like for those folks who are getting ready to graduate and let's Mm -hmm. say they're going to go do a cpe residency this is the thing like get that paperwork filled out if it's in a hospital if it's in a prison depending on where your where your location is that would this get you have the potential to to uh, be able to be part of this program starting right away be, doing both the income driven repayment plan but also do that public service loan uh, forgiveness and that's if you're doing let's say you're you know you're you're working in a congregation do you have to be ha- at least half time
1: uh, I believe so there is a okay. there is an amount of time that you have to be you know working um, okay. I think it's full-time but they don't Define full time at exactly 40 hours. It's gotcha. like slightly less than that.
0: Okay. Um, so you have to be working. So, this is something right. though that you can start out right now. If you're just yes. graduating, you can get that with your first job. You may be eligible for this. So, pay attention to that depending on if your employer fits into one of these categories. And if you've been graduate if you <laughs> were graduated a while ago, and you didn't think you were eligible, or maybe you got rejected at some point. It right. is you've got until October 31st of 2022 to reapply and and uh, find out if this if if this might apply for you.
1: Yes and, and just just a couple other things about that your your first step and your priority number one will be to get on that income driven repayment plan with all of your federal student loans right because the public service loan forgiveness you can you can figure out after the fact um, you know shortly after the fact gotcha. but any payments that you make that are not on a qualifying income driven repayment plan it's possible they won't count towards public service loan forgiveness
0: gotcha okay so that's um, number one thing to do.
1: Yes, that's number one thing to do the other thing about the public service loan waiver form is that it's a little confusing because it looks like the form the form that you fill out to see what payments qualify. Is the same form that you that you use at the end of the 10 years to get full forgiveness so it's a little confusing there Um, but. The thing to know about that is you can certify your payments as you go so if you know at the end of i do mine every six months i just get my employer to sign off on it and and every six months i have you know six more months of payments six more payments that are approved that i have a letter from my servicer saying these payments qualified okay um and if you have that paper trail it it's gonna it's gonna help you in the end gotcha you get to that 10-year mark
0: great all right. Shall we move into federal loan consolidation? Yes, and
1: and this is this is one that you can just go really deep in, which we will um, do
0: in, a next, in another <laughs> podcast. Right, um, and and
1: the thing that I want folks to know is, you know, it, it seems like a good idea at first. So, a direct consolidation loan allows you to consolidate or combine multiple federal loans or all of your federal loans into one loan. And the result is that you have a single monthly payment instead mm-hmm. of multiple payments. Mm-hmm. You have one servicer instead of potentially multiple servicers. Um, and loan consolidation can give you access to additional loan repayment plans and forgiveness programs and mm-hmm. things like that through the federal government. They qualify for both income-driven repayment plans and for public service loan forgiveness. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of perils here and a lot of you can... You can you can do public service. I mean, you can do loan consolidation correctly, mm-hmm. and it will be a great asset to you. Or you can really do it incorrectly, and it can really hurt you in the long run. Wow. Okay. And so I don't know how much into the weeds we want to get into talking about like some of the perils. Um, the big one I will say is that you want to make sure that when you're consolidating your federal student loans, that you're only combining federal loans. Mm. And that the servicer that you're working with is going to give you a loan that is a federal consolidation loan Ooh, on the other yeah. side. Because
0: that would be the worst is if you get you yes. consolidate, you have some federal loans in there and what after the consolidation it's now becoming a private loan.
1: Yes, that, that can messes happen. you
0: up. That
1: can happen. And and I think most companies would be at least I would hope that they would be fairly upfront that you were moving away from federal student loans if you mm-hmm. were consolidating. But the language gets confusing because yeah. these these products that these other companies will offer is a consolidation of your federal student loans. Ooh. They don't necessarily offer a federal consolidation loan.
0: Oh boy. So Now, for those of you, you guys are all, uh, since this is a podcast, you can't see that as as John is talking about this, he's got air quotes up with some of these pieces <laughs> around consolidating because there, there there, can be some, I think, probably misleading, whether intentionally or not, in some of the language as these organizations, these these servicers are making money on this. And so, uh, yeah, this is a definitely a buyer beware situation, right, where you'll want to be back in touch with, uh, with if you're confused, Go back to federal or the studentaid.gov loan servicer and the school where you took the loans out to ha- to get some support and help in navigating this if it becomes just overwhelmingly confusing.
1: Yeah, and I, I it, exactly and and I appreciate that that change in ranking because because the ranking does change with with a consolidation loan. Who to talk to? Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be it's going to be slightly different. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your first one's going to be studentaid.gov, mm-hmm. your second one's going to be your school, mm-hmm. and then your third one's going to be the loan servicer because. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and you've seen news articles about this. Not all loan servicers have been completely upfront yep. with people, even when they were supposedly acting in their financial best interest.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, so, I, it, I I do want to say about federal loan consolidation. It 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 is a good tool. I used it for all of my federal loans, mm-hmm. and it it can be an asset. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes all of your, you know, you might have interest rates that are higher and lower and kind of all over the place Mm -hmm. through the years, depending on what loans you took out. It gives you one interest rate that's Mm -hmm. averaged out across your, across your loans. It gives you one, you know, one loan payment. Um, and it still qualifies for all of those things. So it can be a simplifying process. Um, but there may be reasons for not getting a consolidation loan and, and, I won't get too much into the weeds with this, but I will say, you know, depending on what your interest rates are and what your principal balances mm-hmm. are, and if you can manage it, there are times where it might be better to keep, you know, a couple different loans right, rather than consolidating them because ultimately your payments might be less and you might owe less in the long run. In the
0: long run. Okay, good. This is again why you want to talk to folks that, that have that that experience and can, can help navigate through that. This is great. Right. All right. So uh, anything else in terms of the where to start, we definitely have the number one thing to do is to to engage and get the paperwork and turn in paperwork around that income driven repayment plan. Number one thing to do. And then uh, for those that check out to see if and to find out if you may be available or or eligible for a public service loan forgiveness program and you will want to get uh, get that paperwork in soon. Again, current and folks that have had time in the past, there's a there's a waiver until October 31st, 2022. Uh, for those of us that maybe didn't, uh, I know I fall into that category. There are several years that go further back for me that I actually was uh, employed by an organization yep. that would have done that. But at the time, that was not be made clear and I was rejected a couple times. So that's a process I'm going through right now is trying to get uh, kind of make up that time. I think there's almost almost five years worth of time for me that, mm-hmm. that that's going to go into. At least I'm going to apply for it and see what happens or find out what happens. Uh, Great those advice. Three, those three uh, places for information you absolutely want to make sure you're connecting with studentaid.gov your loan servicer and you'll find your loan servicer at studentaid.gov and then the the school that you took the loans out with yes and this is for a federal student loan private we may do a totally separate podcast at some point just on private student loans and and navigating that system but this is specifically around around federal student loans
1: yeah private private student loans are kind of like the wild west they can kind of do all sorts of odd things that federal student loans have more restrictions and have to follow a little bit Mm -hmm. uh more stringent regulations than than some private student loans so yeah that's that's a whole episode in and of
0: itself we'll we'll do that separately then all right anything else just right here as we wrap this up and again we want we will in the very near future have additional podcasts to that will go into these uh specific areas a lot more uh in depth and we'll link once those are recorded and uploaded we will uh I'll I'll, up, I'll update the uh the show notes and get links to those so that so that we've got all that information available in these show notes you'll have links to studentaid.gov and and some other uh some other important um websites and and resources available as well yeah
1: i think i think that covers the long and short of it and uh you know, the thing that I tell people is, uh, I would much rather talk to a person on the phone than look at spreadsheets all day or, you know, look <laughs> at my email all day. So, if, if anybody does want to talk about any of this, I'd be glad to uh, include my contact information uh, in the in the show notes as well.
0: Great, and that's for Meadville grads. Uh... UU ministers? Yeah.
1: I'd say, I'd say yeah, if you're a UU minister, and even if you didn't go to Meadville, I'd still be glad to point you in the right direction. I may not be able to you know, access your personal information, right. but I can point you to good information on where to find your stuff. So I'd be glad Beautiful. to help those folks out as well.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been great to talk with you, John, and uh, I'm excited for the, 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 next, uh, the next waves of this. So thanks for this conversation on... Federal student loan repayment, where to start? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Looking forward to more conversations. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Many Windows, Conversations on Ministry is a production of Meadville Lombard Theological School. Our theme music is Destination by Just Thea. This episode is produced by Julie Taylor. And as always, a special thank you to Tomo Hilbo.